You are listening to the Bright Life Podcast, all about ways to stay inspired, chase your dreams, and find more gratitude in the highs and lows of the journey. I'm your host, Jessica Johnson. I'm a business owner, a part-time digital nomad, a self-growth junkie, a believer in other big-hearted women, and am all about sharing tips, tricks, lessons learned, and encouragement so we can all live our biggest, brightest lives. You ready? Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. I have such a treat for you today. I have my friend Courtney here, who is an amazing entrepreneur and photographer and blogger. She has so much to bring to the table and to share about leaving corporate America and building the life of her dreams. So I'm so excited to share her with you. Um, She is a Seattle-based lifestyle blogger and photographer operating under the name The Gray Edit. She creates digital content that aims to empower women to find their edit and live the life they desire. She left her corporate job to pursue her passions in 2018 and hasn't looked back since. She shares daily about her journey in entrepreneurship and motherhood while mixing in bits of style and her love for elevated basics. You're going to love her. So welcome, Courtney. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I feel like it's been so fun. We were just talking a little bit about this, but just even to just watch your, you know, journey through the years and kind of finding (laughs) really like your own edit, even as you call it for your, you know, blog and your creative Mm -hmm. projects and stuff. So I don't know, I gave you the little bio, but maybe in your own words, you want to just tell us a little bit about your journey and what brings you to this current place? For sure. Well, first off, thank you for having me. This is really exciting. I mean, we've we've been trying to do this for a bit. So um, I appreciate you being flexible and I just have to say I'm so impressed by everything that you've done. We've I know we'll get into like how we met and everything, but um, it's just been really fun to watch you. And it, it's just a joy to be able to stay connected. Okay, so my entrepreneurial journey, I guess when thinking about it, I, I have to like, I, I just think of the beginning. So um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My dad um, was an entrepreneur, his dad, his brothers, and so... Growing up, I was always told that, you know, you don't have to go to school. You can create your own business. This is what I did, and it is, and I've never been happier. And a really strong and powerful message to receive as a, as a um, you know, kid and growing up. But, of course, we don't always want to follow what our parents tell us to do. So I was very <laughs> adamant that I would go the opposite way. And um, I just really wanted, I was, I mean, my parents didn't go to college. So I was really excited to go to college and follow the rules of society, what my friends were doing and, and, um, just land a corporate job and work my way up and climb a ladder. And I just really wanted to, you know, be a contributing member of society in that way. And mm-hmm. so I was excited. Um, I just had, I have creativity in my blood and I wanted to do something creative for work. And so, um, I, I really wanted to be an interior designer. And so I found schools that had that major. And um, I ended up, we moved from Chicago area to Washington State, which was like a very drastic move and really thought my life was over. And But luckily, I, I was able to go straight to college um, and avoid the small town that my family chose to move to, which they love. But um, I went to Washington State University and they had an interior design program. So I started off there. 
But then I was just like, why don't I do architecture? You can make more money and I just, let's just go full throttle. So tried that out. But then I found I was in my, I joined a sorority also because I knew no one in the state and um, basically found myself cutting cardboard models till like three in the morning while everyone was being social and getting to know each other. And I was just kind of really bummed. So I was like, okay, let's pivot again. Let's do something creative, but also more social. So I chose to be a communications major, picked advertising so I could be creative digitally. Of course, then was like, I was learning about billboards and radio and TV, but um, but basically <laughs> that was what I graduated with and you know took marketing classes and really wanted to land that job at an ad agency and, and work my way up as planned. Um, but when we graduated, it was 08 and that was like around the time it was very hard to get jobs. So didn't quite necessarily land in an ad agency, but kind of a temp position that turned to full-time. And then um, it was just like an operations role. But I caught wind from a friend of the startup that was that had that had started a couple years prior. And he was just like, come to this team of 20. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a fun group. It's in tech. And tech was like all the rage, you know, it was like this yeah. new thing, <laughs> at least uh, tech companies. And so I was like, let's do it. So I joined this tech startup and I had the time of my life. Um, it was just like, I, 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 the beauty of a startup is you get to raise your hand for many things. And so I found myself um, trying out a few roles. I eventually landed in a marketing role and um, just was able to, it like gave me the platform to to put ideas I had into fruition, which I love. And so I think it was then that I really like got a taste of my entrepreneurial skills that I didn't really know I had. Um, I, you know, led a bunch of like marketing initiatives and that's where I met you and you joined our marketing mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. and <laughs> just kind of got to jump around, like I said, try new things. I, I started a little organization around women in tech and and it just, yeah. it was really fun and I felt empowered and I was able to, um, to kind of like, you know, just like I said, do the things that I wanted to do in a way. But at the same time, I really wanted to expand my skill sets. Um, and so after about seven years of being there, which is like a lifetime mm-hmm. um, in a company, I was just craving corporate. And so I thought that would be the, op- the like, you know, the balance that I needed to just be this well-rounded a person that could be a CMO someday. And so yeah. I I was like, where would I want to work? That's corporate in Seattle. Um, at that time, I, I really, I've always been into style and um, almost to a fault being a, a shopaholic in a way, but back at that company. So good I, at it. <laughs> style, <laughs> yeah. You. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, but I had colleagues that were like, you know, you should um, start a style blog and I had had a few blogs before, and so I was like, you know, maybe I should do that because I saw a lot of other people starting these really, or these blogs that were actually becoming successful, and so, um, and they were just just fun. Like I've always been a documenter and a sharer, and um, so I was just like, maybe I should do that. So around the time I was plotting a jump to corporate, I started um, my blog, my third blog, and I called it the Gray Edit, which was like a ode to style with the word edit and also gray um, or Seattle with the word gray. And just because I found my style being influenced after living in the city, um, Mm -hmm. after I graduated, (laughs) less color, um, but (laughs) kind of something I really liked. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I started the gray edit blog. I had so much fun doing it. I love, I'm a tech nerd at heart. I loved designing and redesigning and 
Um, I was posting to Instagram like these, you know, photos with this with the filter of my outfits and just yeah. embarrassing now, but um, <laughs> but I was having a good time and I found I thought that that would be like my my like showing to the universe that I wanted to work in fashion. And so I applied to a job at Nordstrom that popped up and I got it and I was so pumped. I was just like, oh my God, this is my dream job. I'm going to work at marketing at Nordstrom Corporate. And I took the first position that came about, um, which I don't want to say I regret, but it was a step down in pay and title. But I was like, whatever, I'll work my way up like I did at my previous company. So um, I loved working at Nordstrom. It was just like, I was, I was like a fangirl. I was just like, this is the ultimate going into all company meetings and getting to learn about campaigns and the new, you know, celebrities they were working with and all the behind the scenes. I just, it was awesome. Um, uh, but so my, the team that I landed on was kind of newer and the, the, um, there was a manager and, um, role there that like, I ended up kind of doing a lot of the work for, but not necessarily getting rewarded for it. So I just, I felt, it felt kind of odd that I was working mm-hmm. really hard, but I wasn't getting recognized like I was prior to in the, in the startup world. And so I would, you know, talk to my leadership about it. And it was almost just like, I don't know, like you just have to wait your turn. You know, it was just like kind of a political landscape of mm-hmm. you don't move up until a couple of years, you do your time. And then you move up. And then that's how all of us got here. Um, but I found even when you were in a higher position, you weren't really working that hard, or at least the people that were around me in a way. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of confused and um, I was a little frustrated. And I moved teams. I loved the, the team um, that I was on. I just, again, like if I wanted to work my way up, I had to either wait or, um, yeah, just kind of play the political like landscape. And at that time, yeah. Trevor, my husband, and I, we were planning to start trying to have to grow our family and have our first baby. And I just felt sad. I would come home and cry because I was working really hard. And I felt like, I don't know, I felt like I had to be there at 8 or 8.30 and then leave no earlier than 5. I felt like it was very kind of trapped and I wasn't making uh, the money that I wanted and didn't have the title I wanted. And um, and then Trevor got this opportunity to, to go to Morocco for work. And I remember not being able to go because I didn't have enough PTO. And I just was like, mm. so I was like, F this, like I'm, <laughs> we're going to start a family and I'm just feeling trapped here. And, and I'm a hard worker, but I don't really, I'm not, you know, proud of the work I'm doing in a way, or am I getting rewarded for it? So I was just like, I think, I think I want to make a move. And Trevor's like, dude, you've got your blog. Look at all these other bloggers right now. Why don't you just try to turn that into yeah. your job? <laughs> so mm-hmm. he encouraged me. God love him. And I left Nordstrom after a little over a year. So it was it was a short stint. It felt like a long time. Um, and so, yeah, I became a blogger, <laughs> a full-time blogger. And um, it was really fun. I mean, at that time, I had had it for, what, over two years maybe even more. Um, and I was working with brands. I was trying to grow my following. I was connecting with other bloggers in the community. I mean, I had a, a great time. I I, am, I have a hard time resting. So I would, my calendar would be full for the week and I block <laughs> out, you know, things I was doing. And, but at the same time, um, I just, it was, it was not as lucrative as a, a job that I had had before, especially a corporate job with benefits. So I saw other people, you know, making really good money in the field and of course still doing so, but it just didn't feel, there was something missing. It didn't feel right to me. 
And even when I was, before I started it and I was posting outfit pics to Instagram, like it was just, it's, it was embarrassing to me in a way. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I was nervous about what people would think, my friends and, you know, um, I wanted it, I, I wanted it to come across as authentic and not anything else. And, yeah. um, so I don't know, there's a piece of me that was like, I don't know if I want to do this full time. I don't, I think I want to have something else to, to go alongside of, of being a blogger. So, um, I had, I did get pregnant. Um, I had Bo Bowden, um, our mm. boy who's now two and a half. And <laughs> so that <cute>. was kind of, <laughs> thank you. He's, he's so much fun. Um, but I was really happy that like part of another part of my reason for leaving, um, corporate was because I wanted to have that flexibility when I became pregnant. Like I thought I was so silly. I thought that I would just be bedridden all nine months and I wouldn't be able to do anything. So I was just like, how does one work when they're pregnant, which is false by the way. Um, but I was happy to, you know, I had a pretty easy pregnancy. I had a lot of energy. So I was happy to just be growing my build business and building it alongside of growing a baby. Um, on my own terms, on my own time. And so, of course, I could take a maternity leave that wasn't termed, um, and that was really great. So having Bo was basically like, I'll be at home full-time, well, part-time while kind of running my business alongside of that. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a product idea that I actually was kind of working on right before he was born. That was going to be my my big thing alongside of the blog. Um, I still have, I still would like to make something of it. I, we invested some money in like a design team and, um, but ultimately it just, again, it just didn't feel right. And so mm-hmm. I pivoted, I stopped, I put it on pause. Um, but basically after having Bo, I was like, all right, I'm still, still doing the blog thing. The, the product idea is on hold, but what can I do? Like, I didn't want to go back to a nine to five and, um, and I mean, I wish, I know that a lot of um, entrepreneurs will give the advice of making sure you have that that cushion and that safety net before jumping ship, which I I don't want to say I didn't have, but if I mean Trevor and I were in a place that I could like we could afford to for me to take that kind of a, a chance for a bit, you know, and try it out. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that allowed me to to have this time to to try a couple things, which I'm very thankful for. Um, and Trevor has his own company. So I know that he really wanted me to kind of feel that, um, that, you know, that feeling too of, of, of finally making something that you're proud of. And, but anyway, so after a bit of just like trying a few things, I was like, oh my God, something kind of clicked. Like literally when, um, I was like, I take photos for my blog and I have always been a, 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 picture taker, like since high school, I've, like I said, I've like an overshare documenter. I have way too many photos on Facebook that I need to delete. And I've always been with the one with the camera. And so when it came to, um, Trevor and I like getting engaged, I got my first DSLR and I took it on our travels and I learned how to shoot manual. And then the blog, I was using it for other, like shooting other bloggers. And I was just like, why don't I turn this into something? So that's where it kind of all came together where I, I launched the Gray Edit photo to go alongside of my blog, The Gray Edit. And it's been in business for two years now. And it was a success kind of off the bat because I had built up this community um, of women that I was hoping to inspire with style and life. And um, with photos, I was hoping to do something similar. I wanted to empower women to 
like document them paving their own way, such as like such as I was on the path of doing myself. Um, I wanted to to find business owners and women that were taking chances and um, having big moments in life that you know, like becoming a mother that were worth um, documenting. And so that's kind of been my my niche: women that are paving their own way and. And yeah, so that's kind of been what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm a photographer, I'm a blogger, and I'm my overall goal is just to kind of inspire other women. <laughs> that's so good. I love every piece of that and how almost each one, you were kind of clicking, almost like the photography, right? Like the camera, like almost <laughs> clicking on another little frame into focus yeah. or whatever. You will know the term totally. better. But in hindsight, you can kind of see that a little bit more where you were kind of listening to those hunches and being like, okay, well, you got to try something and figure out how it feels. And then that's almost right. But like pivoting a little bit to the next thing is really cool to hear the backstory on. (laughs) Thank you. What would you say like, and that is, I think one of the things that I have loved following so much is I think from the get go, Courtney's done such a good job of bringing people into the experience, even of like the trial and air, right. Of just like, this is what I'm going and pouring my heart into right now. And then you realize kind of the next piece or you just bring people along Mm -hmm. really well. So like, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in that, in that journey? Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, I think a a big unlocking is like kind of what I somewhat mentioned is like this, this feeling, like um, I think about, I do, I do tend to over. I do tend to share, sometimes overshare about just what's going on inside of my mind because it just, it, I don't know, I feel the need to like, um, I feel the need to be kind of honest with myself. I think that's a driving force that I'm realizing over time. Like, I don't know if you've read the book um, Principles by Ray Dalio, but it, you know, it kind of talks about what are the principles that drive your life. And Trevor and I both read it and we got to thinking like, what are the principles? And I think legacy is one that I have learned. I want I want to leave some sort of a footprint in a way that I can be proud of, which is kind of why I'm on this path. And then I also like feel the need to, to be honest, um, but more so to myself. Like I don't want to do something that feels dishonest to, to, to what I ultimately want or feel or what will make me happy. And so I think that's been a big uncovering. Like if something doesn't feel right, um, then I'm going to talk about it or, you know, try to change it, um, just because it doesn't like align with what I'm ultimately striving for, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's a huge one. That's even a hard one to listen to sometimes, or it's like, I think in the middle is the hardest part where, when you start to feel that inkling and then, you know, it's there, but it's almost like what's next or what do you Mm -hmm. do from there kind of thing. So yeah, I think that's big, especially in that entrepreneurial journey, but even I guess people that are in, you know, they're nine to five who are maybe feeling like, oh, this isn't quite right is almost Mm -hmm. just like being aware of that, but then being willing to act on it. And like, how, how did you find you would almost like, how do you find your next step? If you start to get that feeling, Mm -hmm. um, is it trying other things? Is it, I mean, do you journal on it or do, maybe it's conversations, but how, how did you even kind of find your way to that light bulb moment of them being like, oh, there's the photography or the great edit photo mm-hmm. or things like that? No, that's a good question. I mean, <clears throat> I talk, I talk about this a lot. I feel like with, with even friends and other um, entrepreneur colleagues, but it's like, 
I mean, we've all had that feeling, I think, of like when you're not happy in your certain path. And I think about like like happiness overall. I mean, we are we are the only ones responsible for our own happiness. It's not our boss. It's not our partner. It's us. And so if we're not feeling happy, if it, we're not feeling fulfilled, it's up to us to change it. And that's really scary. It can be very scary sometimes to like make the move and, you know, give up what you have. Um, and I think if, if you're feeling that itch of really wanting to do something that's not just, the, you know, that's outside of the norm of the nine to five or um, what you went to school for, I think listening to what people tell you is, is huge. I mean, just because I had several colleagues at the startup tell me like, oh, you know, they would ask me where I'd get my outfit or my pieces for my outfit. And they'd tell me I should start this blog. Like I, I listened to them. I was like, really? They think I could do that? And of course, it, I wouldn't have just done it unless I thought so myself. I did have that kind of passion for it too. Um, so I think, you know, people will tell you often what you're good at naturally without you even realizing it. So listen to, listen to what people tell you. And then, um, just, yeah, like, like evaluating, like, what do you like to do? What lights you up? What are the things that, that don't really feel like work? So I think it's just a line of, of, of those two things, you know, doing some self soul searching and then listening to what others really look up to you for. That's so good. I love that. Um, (laughs) what about, what do you think are some of the things, whether it's resources or practices or habits or anything like that, that have had the most positive impact on your journey? And maybe what you just shared is one of them too. Mm-hmm. Well, I love I love um, self-development, like personal development. I feel like once I left, even when I was working at Nordstrom, I, in the mornings, I, I created this routine my morning routine that would just, I knew the things in the morning that I had to do to give me energy and to feel good. And that was like a little bit of working out, drinking my bulletproof coffee. I'd sometimes meditate. Um, I'd listen to a podcast to kind of get my wheels turning and, you know, fill my ears with, with ideas and other entrepreneur stories so that I could kind of motivate myself. So I feel like it's, uh, for me, it's like, yeah, constant learning from others. And that's, kind of podcasting. I just really love listening. Um, like your podcast is very motivating. I love it. And, um, I've I listened to several others. Um, my, my faves kind of recently or lately have been like almost 30. Um, I love the skinny confidential. She's definitely extra, but they have on a lot of good guests her and her husband. Um, yeah, Jenna Kutcher was one that I would listen to a lot. Um, but, you know, if you're hungry and you want to do something, like lean on and learn from others that have done it so that you can kind of learn from their mistakes. I think that's that's important. And just make sure you're fueling yourself so you can make it happen because it's definitely not easy. It, it takes it takes more work. It takes a little more energy than, you know, go, showing up for work in a place that's already established for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it's like if you're giving that much output and the content and stuff, you almost need stuff coming in to have different ideas or inspiration mm-hmm. or ways of thinking about things or handling it for yes. sure. Staying inspired. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Staying inspired. Was there anything totally unexpected along this this journey that you've been on? Yeah. Um, I think, let's see, I guess it was, I mean, I don't know, immediately when I, when you're asking that question, I think of like, 
motherhood. Um, Mm -hmm. I was planning for it, but I, I guess it did. Like I had pretty bad postpartum like anxiety and depression and I have never been an anxious person. And so I think that, I mean, I was just so, I had so much energy when I was pregnant. It was insane. I was like, I was, I had the to-do list and I was knocking stuff off and I surprised myself. But then after having Bo, you know, creating the the biggest gift of of life, um, I just felt this weird sadness and it was, it scared me and it felt uncomfortable and I felt guilty. And I did like talk about that quite a bit on my, on Instagram, just because it was literally top of mind. And, and I felt, I felt like, um, it was hard for me because I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled in this role yet. And now becoming a mom, I felt like it was setting me back, which sounds really bad to say, but that was, that was the fear I had going into it. In all honesty, I was, I knew that if I got pregnant, it would just be a little, um, it would take away from like me trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I wasn't there yet. So it was kind of, um, yeah, I think that's what brought on a little bit of the the postpartum, to be honest, because I, I wasn't fulfilled yet in what I was doing with my life. And I have always been someone that thought that the title was everything, which is a really bad way of looking at it. But I did, I think it comes down to that principle, like I mentioned, like I wanted to make sure that I was going to leave some sort of an impact. And I mean, like, again, it's not like the world ends when you have a child, but I I think it was like making sure that I had something in place before having him so that I knew what I was working towards um, when I had healed and had the time to work again. But anyway, so it was a really, I wasn't prepared for that kind of a jolt of like um, just mental, a little bit of a mental shift. But with that, you know, allowed me to work harder just on myself. And I started seeing a therapist. I um, started working with a naturopathic doctor to balance my hormones. I'm still learning about how to do that because I still feel like there's some work to be done there. But just taking the time to take care of your mental health is huge for, for becoming an entrepreneur. I mean, there's just a lot of stress that comes with it. And then throwing motherhood on top of that, that's a whole other realm. And so I think it's just like making sure it just allowed me to it, it it showed the light on like, you know, what I needed to focus on alongside of, of creating this, this thing that I had in mind of what would be my brand and business, you know? Yeah. And probably a little bit of almost like the motherhood becomes its own legacy in a way too, right? That you just mm-hmm. haven't, if, if your whole career and everything it is, it's so about the title and the next promotion, especially in corporate and stuff. And so then it's mm-hmm. almost like, shifting to entrepreneurship and giving yourself that feeling of the credibility and everything as you're building something. And then almost, I don't know, I think just recognizing too, it's like motherhood is the biggest legacy you can even leave. Mm -hmm, So I bet in the beginning, there's such a, I don't know, but I'm guessing there's just such a transition, Mm -hmm. right? Or almost integration of all these different titles and roles that you do have. And almost if the world isn't actively giving you credit for them, probably finding ways where you're like, oh no, this is what matters most and this, I can have all these pieces and stuff. Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean the like motherhood, I, I remember even like hesitating or just wondering like, should I put motherhood as a, as a title or a um, category on my blog? Like, are people going to want to hear this? But again, it was like such a big part of my life now and, you know, and then, and it was just like, it was so relevant. And again, it comes down to that like whole, am I staying true to <clears throat> what I, what, what I know to be true inside? Like, 
I'm a mother and it took me a while. It was an identity shift. I think, I think a lot of us do go through these identity shifts of like, oh my gosh, you know, just a lot changes. So coming into that new title and role and feeling proud and then, yeah, letting it kind of bleed into my other areas of, of what I was doing with my work. Like it's not, I mean, now I'm just, I'm so clear on what, on who I am a lot more than what I, than what I was starting off. Um, but yeah, which is kind of why, like with photography, I mean, I want to work with those women that are new moms and that, you know, are, need to document these times. And especially if you have a business alongside of that or just all the stages, it's just, it's just such a, a beautiful, messy and incredibly <laughs> hard, like just all the, all the things type of journey. Yeah. Well, speaking of photo, um, and for, you know, the women listening who have, you know, or mothers or have businesses or birth other kinds of creative things in their life, like, can you give us some of the goods on like your photo tips or things that women should know, like <laughs> to feel amazing with yeah. photos, anything you want to share? Yeah, no, that's a good, good question. Um, let's see. Well, I feel like I have some, some, uh, like experience being in front of and behind the camera yeah. now over the years. And I, gosh, I just, I'm still even like awkward in front of the camera. And I, I think that that's when I'm working with someone new, it's like, they feel that. So I know that they feel that, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's very natural. Um, but I'd say if you're taking a photo, you want to for sure consider lighting and composition. And so if you're shooting, I prefer to shoot natural light, which means, you know, when the sun is out, um, you want to make sure that you're not shooting at the sun, you're using it behind you. And then you're waiting for the sun to be kind of lowered the horizon. So early morning, um, later in the evening, um, just when the sun isn't harsh, it, it creates harsh shadows on your face. And then composition, looking at what you're standing in front of, your subjects in front of, use the surrounding as framing. Um, so that's that kind of so composition. Good. <laughs> Doesn't always have to be centered. You can kind of put someone offset to create interest. Um, but then if you, are in, if you are in front of the camera, just kind of like do little shift movements. Like think of shifting your weight back and mm. forth and, and doing a little bit of a smile and a no smile. And it's really hard to do the whole no smile but smiling with your eyes things thing. But um, I, I do promise <laughs> nice. you it, it creates, yes, yeah, smizing. It creates a little bit more interest and um, emotion in a photo, which I really like to capture. So, so yeah, just kind of try out some simple movements. Use your arms to create S curves, which also shows more interest, like a hand on the hip, um, maybe like brushing your hair back behind your ear. It just kind of creates a more interesting photo with your, your body. Yeah, that's so helpful because I feel like that's one thing when I get my photo taken. I mean, I'll feel like such a cheese ball because I'll just do the same kind of smile <laughs> the whole time and it's 30 shots of the same thing. So even yeah. something like that can make such a difference for someone getting the most out of their photography session is just yes. like that movement, the shifts, and then the mm -hmm. S curve is a great little tip too, like moving, yeah. moving your arms and stuff. No, believe me, like I am a very smiley person. I am expressive with my face. And so it's been a real challenge to like, because I see, like you just said, like in a branding session, if I'm smiling the whole time, the photos do tend to look quite the same. Yeah. And so I, I try to urge my clients, like, let's get longevity and variety out of the shoot. And so, yeah, just doing a mix is really helpful. <laughs> 
So good. And what about, because for anyone who's followed Courtney, or if you don't go follow her right now, because she has, she has such a natural, amazing sense of style. And it, it's all about like elevated basics. You can get a lot of wear out of, um, with just like, you know, classic pieces that feel a little bit interesting, a little bit elevated. Um, so you could probably describe it way, way more yeah. beautifully. But like, what about any style tips or things you've picked up on over the years being a blogger mm -hmm. and working at Nordstrom or anything like that? Yes. Well, that's been its own journey in itself. I mean, I have, a, you know, confessions of a shopaholic. I would spend all of my money on, on shopping. I would go buy the latest trends just so that I could take photos in those clothes. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned the hard way that that's not sustainable. And so, I mean, I started my blog shooting a lot of outfits um, from Zara and like I said, the latest trends. And then I was just like staring at a closet full of items I'd never yeah. wore and I didn't really feel proud to have. So yeah, I've just found over the years that like investing and being thoughtful in what you actually add to your closet is is the, a better feeling overall and it will just um, bring you more joy. So I don't know. I heard, I, I heard about this concept, Elevated Basics. I don't even remember where. It was around time the time I was working at Nordstrom. It's like a marketing phrase, but it stuck with me because, I mean, no one wants to just be basic, right? I, I don't want to just mm -hmm. wear basics, but I do like to, like you said, you know, pick these classic pieces that I can wear and have longevity and versatility, but are actually of quality and maybe yeah. have like a little bit of edge. So if, I mean, if it's like a, a turtleneck that's ribbed or has like a little bit of detail in the shoulder, like it, it's a way of finding a classic item that can um, stay re and be relevant in the current time and also just like last in your wardrobe. So I focus on putting into my wardrobe about like 80% of those elevated basics. And then the rest, I kind of pull some statement pieces that you can kind of that basically speak to your personality. So it's like the style formula that I've created uh, for yeah. myself that I've been talking about more recently because I feel like it resonates. Um, and I have a new website that is my blog, The Great Edit, that kind of shows and breaks down this whole style formula. If anyone's interested, it's kind of fun. But yeah. it just it's changed the way that I think about shopping. It's changed the way my closet um, looks. Uh, obviously, I've done quite a bit of purging which has been awesome. I, you know, have sold clothes and given them new homes so that other people can give them more love. And then I'm also shopping more secondhand um, and just buying from brands that I feel proud to represent and that are doing yeah. good versus not good. So it's, it's a coming of age type of thing, but I just feel like it's been really nice to share it because I, I think it's been resonating with, with other women. Yeah. So and I bet fun. it's like, yeah, I think it's one of those things where then you almost probably open up your closet or your wardrobe and every piece you could mix and match so much easier because mm -hmm. you're just like, I love this piece. I love this piece. It all yeah. feels high quality. You have a little embellishment with the accent pieces or trend mm -hmm. pieces. I love totally. that. Yeah, it's, it definitely makes getting dressed easier, which is nice, yeah. <laughs> especially as a mom. We need that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. What about, so for this next chapter, um, I know, you know, you're constantly evolving and building so many things, but what do you see um, as something you're working towards next or this vision you have for your future? Yeah, well, I think, let's see, right now, the the most, um, the goal that is kind of top of mind is, so I've, I've, um, 
start off like as a natural light photographer. I still, I still am. I prefer to shoot in natural light, but um, I have joined two studios over the last year and a half um, that are natural light studios that I've really fallen in love with. I, I, when I started doing photography, I thought that I had to be outside to get the best light, but a, a natural lit studio is just so it's exciting to me. It's like this, this blank mm-hmm. canvas and there's so much room for creativity because you can pull in different, you know, props and backdrops and just use the the space. Um, so I really, I belong to, to, like I said, I'm, I'm members at um, two, but I want to create my own studio and own my own. So that is something that I'm hoping to manifest maybe later this yeah. year, the year following. Um, and then just kind of have this space where other creatives in Seattle can, can come. And it's just, it's really fun to connect with other people in the community that are doing similar things, whether that be blogging or photography. I've mm-hmm. loved that. That's kind of kept me going. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I just, uh, redid my blog. So that's been really fun. I hired this amazing designer after years of doing that on my own. I just was like, I don't have the time to do that anymore. So it was a, a big it was hard to let go. You know, it's hard to delegate and release control, but it totally proved that I need to do that more because she just nailed it. And now I'm just feeling re-inspired to add to my blog again. So hopefully create more content um, there that is just helpful and um, can be a resource around style and, and life and entrepreneurship and motherhood. Um, it's hard these days because creating video content is so um it's just kind of what you need to do. And so I've been mm-hmm. kind of pushing myself to do that. But at the same time, I just really love to write and take photos. So I'm trying I to know. like get a balance <laughs> yeah. between those things. I um, know. And not forget like, about my just blog. This side. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what the heck? I know. I know. Well, yeah. you're so good at it, though. And you feel like you anything you. you do, it's beautiful. It's so well done and like high quality yes. and elegant. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> speaking of the website, where can people go find you, find these resources on style yeah. or to get these photo sessions? How can they get in touch? Yes, yes. So you can find me, let's see, for The Gray Edit, my blog. Um, my blog is thegrayedit.com. And on there, you'll find in the nav, there's like a style formula page you can check out. There's the blog, which has a lot of posts. Um, then um, you can follow me on Instagram, which is The Gray Edit. That's The Gray is G-R-E-Y, so The Gray Edit. Um, and then for photography, it's thegrayeditphoto.com, and those are linked together. So if you're on my, my blog site, you'll be able to find my photography site, um, and you'll see my portfolio, kind of my focus, and how to book a session with me. And then you can also follow me on Instagram at thegrayeditphoto. So good. Thank you so much. This was so fun to hear your story and to see after just you know, a few years of starting it, I remember those conversations of just like, you know, kind of both being in that starting stage around the same time of like, can we really do this? There's so many questions that come up in that stage. And then that middle kind of messy place where you're figuring things out or you're trying things and, you know, some work, Mm -hmm. some work better than others. And then, so it's really fun to see kind of full circle now. And I know it will continue to evolve and grow, but super fun to hear that. Thank you, you, Jess. I recently created a free bonus for listeners that I'm super pumped about. It's a seven-day workbook to create your biggest, brightest life full of exercises I use to bring my dreams to life, work through fears, and take inspired action. You can download it for free at bit.ly 
forward slash podcast bonus, just as a thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you leave a review or share it with a friend. That helps so much with discoverability so others can find it too. Thank you so much for listening in. I'll talk to you next Thursday.